Hello there, weary traveler. Wait, it's you again? A whole flaming year and still on the road to Tarvalon. Don't you have maps? Well, I guess you should come inside and have a seat in the common room. Have a piece of cake. I've been working on new drink recipes. I call this one Cocktails and Shale Ghoul. It's tainty. Uh, I mean, tasty. The light. You're just in time for the entertainment. And here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. You crafted that beautifully. Hello, we did it. <laughs> really good. I'm here with my friend Tracy. I'm here with my friend Amber. And this is the Road to Tarvalin birthday celebration. I will totally clap for us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at some of these gifts in chat. Daniel. I'm there right now, right? Oh, that's so good. I love it. Is breakdancing on a public bus allowed? Yes. Yes, Rob is. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Encouraged. <laughs> I mean, at least by us. I don't know about anybody else, but yeah, we're down for it. I'm going to do what we always do. I'm going to look at our doc. So today, obviously, we're celebrating our first year and we are thrilled to be here with everyone. Um, it's just kind of fun to do it. And we're going to be talking about the show. We've got some Q&As that, or, well, questions. We put together the answers. But we were posed these questions a while back, and so we were able to pull them. And then we were given, like, Ask Me Anythings, both in Discord and I think a couple on Patreon as well. So we've got some fun kind of response to things that have come our way through doing this and also just, like, some looking back stuff, too. So. And not yeah. too much. And actually, some of these show questions that we wanted to talk about is something that Black Tower Podcast tagged us in yep. many, many months ago. Many, many months ago. <laughs> many, many. <laughs> We're busy. But, We're busy. Yeah, but, but I mean, it's fun, though, because we tend to stick to the books as we do. much, you know, mm -hmm. mostly. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of fun to switch things up and speculate. Mm -hmm. And I know there are some people in chat right now who probably have an even better understanding of what's going to be going on with the TV show. I try to keep up oh, as 100%. much as possible. For me, but, like, I'm always pleasantly surprised when someone's like, have you seen this thing? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> send it my way i want to see it yeah yeah but i love that it's like a pool of resources you know like it's not just one person working on it it's like all of us kind of working on it together and i i really appreciate that i don't mind being corrected called out on being wrong i'm not as familiar about all of the blocks that they had with scheduling so mm -hmm. there are a lot of people who really know and have speculated like who's going to show up in what episodes wow. and yes that's impressive like crafted it down to fine details wow i'm impressed mm -hmm. so do we want to get into the first question yes yeah season one off-screen moment that you want to see do you want to go or do you want me to go go for it okay so i actually have two but i think okay. my my favorite one that i would like to see would be Logan's capture 
Okay. What all went down to bring him down. You know what I mean? Because, like, we get these moments. Fane comes into the two rivers and is like, oh, false dragons, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then later mm -hmm. on, we hear that he's captured and that Aes Sedai have been killed in the process. And didn't he have, like, an entire legion of the dragon of his own? Like, he was out rampaging and fighting and thinking he was really the dragon reborn. And then... Yeah. Cad Swain, I don't, it was either, I think it was Loghain that Cad Swain came out of retirement for. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. It was either him or Taim or both. She just really. It might seemed, have been both. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I mean, how could she resist? They came like out as the Dragon Reborn at very similar times. And so, of course, it's going to like, I mean, Cad Swain, the famous, I'm dead, but I'm not dead, Cat Swain. How, How many, many fake deaths right? has, she, has she had? How many resurrections, Catswain? <laughs> Start counting. Yes. <laughs> okay, so Loghain was your first, right? Yeah. And before I do my second one, I don't want to take up too much time. I want to hear what yours is. I don't want to be greedy. <laughs> Please be greedy. Okay, so I, I think I think I have two because I really, really want to see Winter Night as a whole, like from everything going down. And that I was my second get that. one. Okay, and I think we're going to get that, so easy. Yeah. But there's also the question of who's going to actually be there. Mm -hmm. And we know, like, in the books, Tom is there, and mm -hmm. he's throwing down because I think Lan was like, well, wh where were you? And Maureen was like, he was out there, just like everyone else, doing yep. what he could. Yep. And I, I just really want to see a badass Tom moment, him, like, flicking daggers around mm -hmm. and... And a land fighting scene really early on yes, sounds yes. thrilling. Like, that sounds so much more exciting to me than what happens at the Althor farm. Like, I understand the need for it and blah, blah, blah. But if you're going to suck me in, I want something that at least includes a little bit more action and maybe a little less trudging. Did you see what Snakes and Foxes just posted? No. It but was I the best will. Valentine ever. It was not the best Valentine ever. <laughs> no, but that's what we want to see. Like, I want to see the worst Valentine ever. I do too. Or I the, do too. The worst winter night ever. Yeah. But okay, so there's a possibility that Tom's not going to be there. So if Tom is meeting up with a group later on, then I want to see Tom versus Merdral epic showdown at the white, the bridge, white bridge chapter yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. where he has his gandalf moment and yeah he's like, he just run, runs run in. you fools yeah. and <laughs> whatever he says <laughs> and then i want to see like how that actually went down because that's one of the things where it's like well how did he survive really exactly and i guess like the merdral is just sidetracked on focusing after the boys mm -hmm. but well, and I think one of the other things that happens in that moment that, like, you don't find out in the book, you either it's either in the companion, I know it's online that you can find it. It says that Tom was healed by some Aes Sedai who just happened to be passing, passing through. through and knew how to take care of him. Like, it just, it doesn't ever say who the Aes Sedai was. I mean, how convenient. And okay, yeah, it's fiction. But still... <laughs> <laughs> so convenient so convenient i mean maybe the pull of taviran like mm -hmm. swirling around tom after being with the boys for so long and the fact that like min makes a statement of he's part of their journey is what saves him 
It's not yeah. plot armor. It's Taviran. Exactly. We've said that a couple different times. I'm pretty sure that uh, we said that on our episode with Call Me Nakomi for sure. Yes. Yes. That was what that was all about. <laughs> okay. You want to know my second one? Yes. Yes, I do. The Green Aja actually doing something. Ooh, yes. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Because in the photos that we saw, it appeared like they might be wearing some type of armor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or at least an outfit that kind of reflects like maybe they will be doing something. But can we have a green Aja that actually does something besides hanging out in a tower and doing Aja? nothing? Right? Do you know what would be a cool flip for the battle Aja in the show? Is if they were also trained blade masters. Or just in that would be fun. any type of yeah, any type of martial arts mm-hmm. whatsoever. Hand to hand combat. Anything. Anything. Green Aja, what are you doing? <laughs> Just hanging out. I mean, how cool would it be to have the show, like, I don't know, there could be a skirmish going on anywhere, mm-hmm. and then just showing groups of warders going in in full battle mode with yes. all of the Green Aja women behind them and kind of, like, pushing this force in up against, who knows, Trollocs, Fades, whatever, anything. Mm-hmm. I want to see that. I agree. I think that that's really good. Yeah, Shelby but... said maybe they can be fighting with the Shinarans at the end of Eye of the World when Ran blips in and out. That is, yes, yeah, yes, that would be effective. Yes, that, that would, would be, be perfect. Effective. But mm-hmm. then, when exactly are Moraine and company going to meet up with the Amerlin and company, and at what point will everything converge? I don't yeah. know. Isn't I feel like we went over the name of the episodes for the show coming up and i feel like one of them kind of felt like that might be where the connection is going to be made like if they're putting the amarlin seat or the flame of tarvalin probably yes which is i think six i don't know someone who knows the episode names better than me Mm -hmm. comment below (laughs) yeah they're kidding right (laughs) (laughs) yeah those I like that you and I, I kind of wondered if we would have, like, some similar ones for, like, off-screen moments, but the battle, like, the Winter Night Emmonsfield one really stuck out in my mind as, like, something that I would want Just to see, especially that, early on. Yeah, that and anything with Tom mm-hmm. being a badass. Yes. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Okay, question two. Biggest change you want to see in season one? This was really hard for me because... I don't necessarily have a biggest change that I want Mm -hmm. to see. I feel like what I want is to be kind of just delightfully surprised by what a rewrite, a relook, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it, of the story looks like 30 years later. Like one of the things that, and I think the other problem in some ways is we've gotten so many leaks now for the show that... Some of the things that I would want to see are already being talked about as being represented in the show. I was just going to say the same thing. They, yeah. With those images that they posted recently, mm-hmm. someone went in and found like the metadata on like the photo files and it <laughs> nice. had like context about like what was happening and possibly where it would be happening. Mm. And I'm watching the Dusty Wheel live stream and I'm like, no, God damn it. No, I didn't want to know this. I don't want to hear this. I want to be left surprised. No. Yeah. I, that's really so what I want. I like potentially spoiled myself where I was mm. like, I didn't want to know this, but it's, I mean, who knows? They could have just put that in there to like mess with people. Maybe. I really don't know how any of that works. So. Because they know where fiends and mm-hmm. 
we can't quit. Yeah, we'll just gobble that shit up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I had, for mine, I really want to see some moments from New Spring scattered Yolf. in season one. Yeah. Because we have to get the story of Lan's heritage and parentage and all of that. Mm-hmm. But they could do it with a flashback or they could do mm-hmm. it like it happens in Eye of the World where Lord Agomar, who is one of my favorite minor characters in Eye of the World. Heck yes. Yes. When he's explaining to Egwene and Nynaeve about like who Lan really is, how cool and awesome would it be to actually see that visualized where mm-hmm. maybe he's explaining to them his background and his story. And then when it gets to the part about him saying, so the kingdom of Malkier sent their, I think it was 12 most fierce warriors and strapped baby Lan to their one of their backs and mm-hmm. they smuggle him out of Malkier. And how cool would it be to have like that visual representation it could of be done, just this? Yeah, it could be done so easily with unfortunately a montage, but I'd be down for that. Like, I would love to see that. I would love to see that. And knowing Lan's backstory helps so much in understanding who he is and how he behaves. And we're New Spring junkies, and it just kind of happens that you get so much about Mm -hmm. Lan, Moraine, Swan. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of like those characters hold such central roles throughout the story, even if they kind of rise Mm -hmm. and fall. And I like knowing more about them. I like getting to meet Moraine and her youth. I love seeing that moment where the Aiel salute Lan and just march away from him. On, yes, online. And then they're like, peace, see you later. And then everyone is left standing there like, what just just happened? happened? Why didn't they why didn't they engage us? Right? They just marched off. They're like, oh, it's it's that guy. You're pretty cool. We're just gonna (laughs) leave you be. No beef with you. We've got other things we're doing. I mean, it's one more thing to appreciate about the Aiel and that makes them kind of mysterious in like that new spring kind of way. Because you don't like if you're reading yeah, it like as the yeah. first book, the Aiel make no <gasps> what sense if that's, to you. What if that's the surprising Aiel mm. that show up in season one mm. that would shock people? What if it's just chapter one of New Spring <laughs> land on the battlefield? The and the Aiel showing up and being like, oh, hey, like nod salute to you on a line. And then everyone dumbfounded, like, why didn't they just attack us? And why I are they calling that him idea. that? <laughs> I love that, that idea. Cool. Yeah. And I think, is it that there's been like a young swan yes, cast as well? Yes, there's a young swan cast. But, yeah. But the actress is much younger than New Spring age swan. Right. But so it, I might, don't, it might just knows? be like this is like the super youth version of swan before yeah. being taken to the tower so you get an idea of what kind of childhood she has her background we just get, yeah we just get kind of little glimpses of what makes her do things like say fish guts at inappropriate yeah. moments you <laughs> oh, know can we get a little baby swan fish guts moment wouldn't that be fun <laughs> like just this barefoot tough little girl running through the streets of tear fish guts it's my little kid yeah. voice. It's not very different from my normal voice. Um, <laughs> but that would be, I mean, there, there's just so many things from New Spring that they can pepper in there that would mm-hmm. be really cool. My other, I mean, obviously, like, I love the Lan and Bukama dynamic. Yeah. I love the Swan and Moraine dynamic. 100%. Showing, like, they have a really deep history together. 
and a very loving relationship. And it's not just business, like kind of what we see in in the later uh, books of the series. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, the only other thing that I feel like would be a really, really goosebumps, chills moment is Guitarra's Prophecy. That's one that I actually was probably going to bring up later on anyway. So, <laughs> okay. yeah. Twin brain moment. <laughs> exactly. Because, I mean, how powerful is that moment? Like, when you sw- read Swan's that. Swan's there, Moraine's there, they're accepted. Yeah. There's a different Emerlin, there's a different Keeper. There are forces that are attacking the White Tower at the moment. So they're living through a battle at the moment, too. Like, it's such an intense moment. And then all of a sudden, Guitara has this prophecy and then falls dead. Yeah. And yes, then it's like, please. And then it's like Tamara, Espenia. Swan, Moraine, their whole entire lives change from the second forward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And... It's it's shocking and it's oh goosebumps where where guitar is saying like he screams, he screams, and it's like ah, okay. I know, right? Every time <laughs> okay. I like even think about that moment, I get a bit like chills down my spine kind of thing. It's so well written. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's actually one of the things that I really appreciate about reading through these things with you is how we get to like geek out over how beautifully written things are and not just what is like what the context is, it's how it's mm-hmm. presented. Like I think that's what makes Jordan such an appealing writer. And while I'm like, and why I'm always like, no, no, it's not like other books. I swear, you need to read this. Whether you mm-hmm. like fantasy, history, politics, this is a series that like can scoop you up and take you away. And I just love it. And it makes me so sad that more people aren't reading it. That's all that, I have that- to say about that. <laughs> That will probably change soon. I, I really feel like. hope so. I have super big hopes for that, of course. I get to talk to way more people about this without them having that blank look on their face. <laughs> you mean you make a podcast about a fantasy series? Just start knocking on doors. I would like to talk to you about our Lord and Savior, the dragon. <laughs> okay, question number three. Oh, okay. Something that must stay the same. A queen has to dump brand. <laughs> Oh, I think that's easy. I think that will happen. I know, but I mean, it would be kind of easy to kind of flip it or make it linger or something. And I really want that, I'm sorry, we're just not made for each other thing. Because I mean, how often in real life does that happen? Like young infatuation is kind of a strong thing. And I mean, I know I've been suckered to that more than once. So being able to see her be like, "Mm, we've grown apart. Mm. We're not the same people anymore. I mean, were they ever really like that good of friends or was you it know, just like kind of like an arranged marriage type situation where it was just like implied like you guys will marry each yes. other? That's one of the like, things they, I think we talked well, about that in the Aguin episode, too, was like how much of sweethearts were they really? Because yeah. like he lives out in the Westwood and she's the innkeeper's daughter. So they cross paths occasionally, but it's not mm-hmm. like they're like romping around and playing together all the time. Like, I'm like, are you really that connected? anyway so i don't know that was like one of the first things that came to my mind is i just want to make sure that that happens that has to stay the same aguin's development who she becomes who she needs to become Mm -hmm. a lot of that comes from her kind of like tearing off a band-aid of another expectation that had been put on her that she was like nope that's not that's not my path i'm not doing that 
So I like that. I like that veering off and acceptance that you can love someone and it can be platonic and still mm-hmm. deeply caring and intimate without it being a romantic relationship. Okay. But how about, Mine... how about you? <laughs> I love that you're laughing okay. about it. <laughs> because it was, I don't know. It's, it's the blight. It's the blight. Mm. I'm, I'm not such a visual reader, like mm-hmm. where I imagine people's faces. Mm-hmm. But I think the first thing that I really pictured in my head was the shadow spawn and then this swollen, squishy, stinky landscape mm-hmm. and then all of the terrors that inhabit it. Like, I just I really love monsters and I love monster movies and I love all the scary <laughs> elements. So I think if you're a new viewer and you haven't read the books, like you need to see the corruption on this land Mm -hmm. and you need to see what humanity is really up against when the shadow touches the world yep so i think having these like beautiful landscape moments like outside of emmons field Mm -hmm. and while they're on the road that'll be cool and all because then when they get to the blight you're gonna see how gross and disgusting and dank this landscape is Mm -hmm. and i want to be repulsed by it i yes. want to like visually see it and be like okay like this is what <gasps> yeah there yeah, you go like this oh, is i want to be is... like matt i want to vomit as i walk into it i mean maybe not yes. but you know what i mean that's what i want maybe at least a little dry heaving <laughs> so i hope nobody has a sensitive stomach i probably should not be making fake vomit <laughs> noises but okay but on top of that i'm also a borderlander fangirl so yeah. if you can see what's encroaching like up upon their lands yep then you really get this opportunity to understand like how badass and incredible they are and right. these fighters that mm-hmm. just live day in and day out fighting up yep. against these shadow spawn that are attacking yep. and knowing that the place that they the place that you live in could at some point easily be swarmed by Trollocs on a feeding raid or even just on a capture raid because they have to have like people to finish creating the blades at Thakandar or whatever it is. Like they live yes. there. <laughs> Our Emmons field folks are like, Trollocs are just a fable. This is oh, tall tales. And the Borderlanders like, no, 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 no. That's like four miles that way. That's yeah. basically <laughs> my neighborhood, only the bad part of it. The really, 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 really bad part of it. <laughs> I feel like the Trollocs kind of become a throwaway later on. Yes. Like at first, they're yes. this big, bad, scary, half-man, half-beast type creature that really doesn't have any humanity left. Mm-hmm. They're a science experiment. They and are. That's, I mean, 100%. What we talked with Felicia, Call Me Nakomi, and Rob mm-hmm. on our sci fi episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 the, yeah, yeah. These are basically like genetic engineered mm-hmm. creatures, and they are gross. gross. They are stinky, and they are. They like to eat raw humans. I guess yeah. we're all raw humans, live humans. <laughs> How would you like your human? Rare, well done. Medium rare. Raw. Raw. <laughs> Bring it out bloody. That's actually usually what I say when I order a steak. So maybe there's a little trollic in me too. Who knows? 
And then the fact <laughs> that they have to actually be mushed by the Merdral. Right. They're just on a on a rampage mm-hmm. unless there is someone there to drive them in a certain direction. So like these things are terrifying. And yep. I want this to be a theme. Like I don't want that to go away. Mm-hmm. I want to be that element of fear that gets carried on from season one to the the very end Mm -hmm. yeah i agree with you that was something that you had brought up early on when we were doing like our eye of the world reread and i was just kind of struck by you saying that because i hadn't really thought about it but then when i did i was like oh my god amber's 100 percent right like i just don't really think about the trollocs as being scary anymore because there are enough Chandlers, soldiers, whatever, they're just fodder for the machine. And I mean, yeah, it's effective, but it's also just Meat like for the machine. Wah, wah, yeah. Wah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I love that you have that as something that you want to see through all of it because I agree with you. The dark one isn't scary if he's like light and fluffy and whatever, but like the blight <laughs> is fucking terrifying. Like later on yeah. when you get like into the series, I think it's when Fail is trying to get through the blight with Oliver and another group of people. Like someone just gets ripped up by a tree. They were just yeah. too close to a tree. And the tree mm-hmm. ate the person. Yeah, I just want to see the blight. I want all of this creepiness and, yeah. And an emphasis yes. on how hard the Borderlanders are. Because yeah, I'm with yeah. you. Number five? Sure. Oh, no, no, no. No, we're at four. What character could be streamlined, combined, pared down, or cut? Oh, my God. This question pains me. I couldn't wrap my head around it. I, like, I sat and I thought and I thought and I thought and I was like, but there are so many. Like, there are so many. And how would you possibly even... I mean, it's not it could be like half. It could be like <laughs> half of the Tower Aes Sedai. Like, the nameless Aes Sedai that, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, that are just kind of there. Mm-hmm. So you, you couldn't think of anyone, or...? I really just, like, I really just couldn't. It just, every time I did, I was like, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I just really this struggled was, with that one. I'm sorry. This was... This was my answer, and it totally pained me, and I don't want this to happen. Like, I'm telling you, I don't want this to happen. But possibly Elias? (gasps) I'm covering my face. (laughs) You just made me gasp in shock. (laughs) Okay. Would it maybe be scarier for Perrin and, like, new viewers to see Perrin start to lose touch with, like, being human kind of and have all of these unanswered questions and no one there to explain what's going on when he's separated from the main group so Mm. so what if Perrin is hearing these weird thoughts and strange voices Mm -hmm. is it the dark one coming after him is it his dreams Mm -hmm. is it the wolves are these voices benevolent? Mm-hmm. Are they something evil? Mm-hmm. And then when he and Egwene are trapped with the white cloak, when the white cloaks um, kidnap them, they could have this moment of maybe him bound in ropes or whatever, and him and him and Egwene having this moment where they're terrified, mm-hmm. and him kind of like hearing these voices, and him maybe like surrendering to it, mm-hmm. and kind of like 
talking back to it. And Mm -hmm. then that's when the wolves come in. That's when Moraine and company come in. Because you could have a moment to the side where it's Moraine being like, there's wolves out here doing Mm -hmm. strange things. And then Perrin captured and thinking like, okay, maybe, maybe I'm going to die now. And he's kind of like giving into these voices. And it turns out he's not crazy. There's Mm -hmm. actually someone on the other end Mm -hmm. of the telephone listening to him. (laughs) And it might be more surprising, but you would have to leave clues so that it wasn't just like, oh, and now there are wolves here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I because like now that I'm I'm listening to you and I'm thinking about it, that is pretty much just his entire purpose in the first part of the series. Like he Elias, the, yeah. yeah, he helps with the introduction to the tinkers, but that's not necessary. Like the tinkers are just kind. If they stumbled across two people yeah. lost in the wilderness, they there's no way that they would be like, oh, I'm sorry, just go along your way. So we would still get that moment with the tinkers with Aram because I mean I don't I don't really want to see Aram cut he's cast so he's cast he's okay there. that's great but yeah I can absolutely ooh, see that ooh, being we've cut. got we've got Joe from Talk Around Riyadh and Zool in chat so that means we can ask you guys these questions <laughs> <laughs> because now we have people that actually know a lot of these blocks and what's going down but it no it totally pains me I don't I don't want to see Elias get cut mm-hmm. at all but it does make sense if you're looking at it like streamlining that story and I agree with you on how it would be much more dramatic and effective to have Perrin like develop that I mean because especially if they include the dream sequences so he's having these horrible nightmares and then on with top of Al-Zaman, it yeah, yeah. so he you starts don't know having it... whisperings of voices in his head exactly and I, I want so it's yeah, it could be like, is it the dark one? Is it Baal's exactly. Is it exactly what is it? Is it the wolves? Mm-hmm. And then we have Moraine and Land there who have a knowledge of like Perrin's affliction mm-hmm. because of Elias being a warder in the tower. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, they're there to explain it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, I mean, it totally pains me because I I love Elias, mm-hmm. but. This was a hard question, and I don't yeah. like it. <laughs> I didn't even, I couldn't even do it. So, congrats to you. I, because I just looked at it and went, no. <laughs> I was like, I have more than enough to think about right now. This is just too much. And I mean, I think the first person that comes to me for wanting to cut is Savannah. And it's just because I hate her. And that's not until I... much later in the series anyway. So Do you know why the only reason I would like to see Savannah is because I you want, want to her see... outfit? Yeah, I just I want her completely yes! tripping in all of these gaudy jewels. I mean, she's just she's just taking everything from anyone worth of any value and she's just like, How many rings can I fit on my finger? I'm cosplay How many play like... a Savannah at some point? <laughs> I'm going to start going to like antique shops, collecting ridiculous pieces of jewelry. Just you wait. It's amazing. (laughs) Completely covered in furs. Yes, that's how we should do Jordan Con in the heat. Fur coats, lots of jewelry. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. I love this idea. Number five. What cast member are you most excited to see brought to life? We actually kind of already touched on this, so it shouldn't be too much of a surprise. Swan, Lan, and Tom are the top three characters that I want to see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think, I feel like Rosamund Pike is just, I think it's just a given that she's going to be excellent. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. 
I'm just, I'm not even worried about it. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm not even worried about it. I think for me, I'm most excited to see Johan Myers, mm-hmm. who's going to play, be playing Pod and Fane. Mm-hmm. And this guy, let me tell you about this guy. <laughs> oh, please do. I'm all in for story time. <laughs> I've watched him in a German series, mm-hmm. and he had a minor role. I've talked about this before, but the, the main character in the series, it's called Tribes of Europa. The main character is one of the actors from Dark, and he's like a very popular European actor and very well known. And he was in this scene with Johan Myers, and this guy is an absolute scene stealer. He has so much charisma that mm-hmm. I was left just wanting more of his character. And he's pretty tall. I think he's like in the upper six foot range. Mm-hmm. And he's so got. Tall. Yeah, he's got a presence. Mm-hmm. And when I think of Pot on Fane, I'm thinking of all of these elements of his character. So he's obviously kind of like the stark, raving, mad type person, but mm-hmm. he's also pitiful. Mm-hmm. And you have to kind of feel sorry for him. And commanding when... and regal at the same time. Like, Pot exactly. and Fane is so many different things that yes. you would have to be like you would have to have a lot of range to be able to play him so that's exciting. exactly mm-hmm. and i think that johan myers can hit all of the peaks and valley of this character that's exciting yeah because i've even seen interviews with him and he's just really dynamic that's awesome i think he would be able to fit into all of these little character traits and, and like mm-hmm. you said especially in this kind of like kingly regal moment where he's when he's in the dungeon lord agomar's dungeon Mm -hmm. he's kind of like commanding the guards around Mm -hmm. like he's in charge well this is really isn't that how he kind of like presents himself when he comes to like when he's brought to lord agomar the first time like he's kind of scuttling and Mm -hmm. then he like kind of draws himself up and is like my lord i can tell Mm -hmm. you how to do all of the things and i love it because lord agomar is like nah (laughs) nah nah (laughs) your flattery doesn't work on me i'm sorry take Mm -hmm. him away yeah yeah and then then there's also this like very pitiful like you have to feel sorry for him Mm -hmm. you have to when it's explained like he he has been distilled and kind of like his soul has been taken from him just that word described to something done to a human being distilled right yes okay number six sure (laughs) what character are you least excited to see brought to life i think for me this was kind of more of a grouping i suppose i know they're necessary i know we need them but i could live without the white cloaks i i see why we would need them in the show but at the same time you're just not excited to see them (laughs) no no i'm really not most white cloak chapters are like I kind of like skim through because I'm just like, okay, okay, religious zealotry, I got it. Like militant approach to everything. <sighs> That's how I feel okay. about cloaks. Your answer was kind of similar to mine, but yeah. I think mine comes from a place of like trepidation where Ooh. I'm like a little bit worried about this yeah. character. <laughs> okay. Okay. So <laughs> when you think about some of these like all time most villainous roles in cinematic history yeah elida has one of the most punchable faces i have ever (laughs) met as a character in a book series ever 
she's like she's like Biff Tannen from Back to the Future. She's Ooh, a total yeah. bully. Yes. And, I mean, she's up there with like Cersei Lannister. She's like mm-hmm. Hans Lada from Inglorious Bastards, only like incapable of getting anything done. <laughs> and she's delusional. She's a bully. She's tacky. Mm-hmm. She's tacky. <laughs> How dare you wear that? Ugh. <laughs> Disgusted. Yeah, she's That's only my interested impression. in. Yeah. <laughs> like, did you see what she's wearing? She's a swan. Check Ew. out. Check out Elida. <laughs> nice. You thought cloak. you looked bad last time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she has so many things going for her, and I feel like she's only interested in getting ahead. She doesn't care who she steps on. Yeah, and she's also got kind of this single white female thing going on with Swan and Moraine. Unsettling. Yeah, I think it was Shelby who left us that message about her maybe ideas about why Elida has kind of an issue with Swan and Moraine. Mm -hmm. But she sees herself, I think, as every bit as noble as Moraine, even though she's from a lower noble family and a less Mm -hmm. important nation. And she was probably the tower's star pupil until Moraine and Swan show up. But Moraine just thinks she's kind of a mess and Mm -hmm. she would rather be best buddies with the fisherman's daughter. Right. So Elida, I feel like, just has this grudge, maybe. Mm -hmm. And who Mm -hmm. knows? Maybe it has something to do with the Red Aja, Blue Aja rivalry. I was just going to say that, yeah. How can we show all of these characteristics and her background fast enough so that new tv audiences are going to see her and watch her and then immediately be like yep that's a punchable face that's someone i hate like how much time are we going to need to spend with her to really hate her you know i don't think much <laughs> just to it's guess. gonna be like that it's yeah just because be i mean <laughs> when we first meet elida in the series like as the series is written it's an eye of the world And so all we know about her has come through, like, gossip and Basil Gill and, like, the Bunt, the guy that, like, the... Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. he was, like, talking, yeah, he was talking about, like, how awful Elida was and blah, blah, blah. So we get an idea that she's kind of Mogidian-esque, if you will. Like, that's how she's kind of interpreted as, like, someone who's sitting behind Behind the power. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and, like, pulling the strings and kind of waiting for her chance to, like, scoop up power. But I think I think that moment where she meets Rand, oh, that might not happen in the first season, though. Mm-mm. There's a Camelin in the first season, right? Possibly not. Joe, Zool, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a good is Ka- super fan. <laughs> is Camelin getting cut? Yeah, I want to know. Because I really, I really don't know how you would... If you gave her a new spring throwback and showed how she quote-unquote helped... Moraine and Swan through their studies to get ready for Help, helped them yeah. air quotes yeah by be- beating by the beating crap them. out of them yeah and leaving them for healing until the morning so Ray thank you for helping helping us okay Joe said one hundred percent yes getting cut Zool says probably cut oh wow so we might get a later Elida or uh-huh. Elida on the road. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Are we going to pass her while we're traveling? Just give her a little wave. Hey. Yeah, so if she doesn't show up in season one, that's mm. a lot to introduce in season two. It's, it's a very punchable face that you got to come across quickly and hate. <laughs> it might be fun to kind of slowly unravel her the way that gets done in the book. 
like Elida really yeah, remains kind true. of like a side character for a little mm-hmm. while and she really doesn't okay, yeah. start to come out as like someone that you might want to really pay attention to until she's like walking off with Alviran and they're like getting ready to pull a coup and get rid mm-hmm. of Swan and Leanne. So mm-hmm. at that point, like it's almost at that point when Elida becomes Amarillan that you're like, wait, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. That's her single white female moment. Yeah. She's just like, you guys are gone. Done with mm-hmm. you. Now I am supreme one in power as she sees herself. I don't know. I Oh, that would be interesting too though, because you would you would establish her as someone with like a high position. Like mm-hmm. she comes in, she's the new Amarlin, and then it slowly starts to reveal that she's actually the pawn. Mm. She's the one being used. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like layers to layers to layers, which is why yeah. I like the series so much. That would be so that intriguing. Would be really yeah. fun. Okay, I like that. Number seven. Mm, yes. Which prop setting leak has been most exciting to you? For me, it's honestly been the ways. Okay. I was. I so was, the poster, the the art. Actually, like, before that, it was the te- the, the, the article that you had mm-hmm. sent that had kind of like that image to it because I remember being kind of concerned that the ways wouldn't be a part of the series at all and then you were like no no there's this article and you sent it to me and then I had to start thinking about the ways in an entirely different way because to me in my head for some odd reason they're like these quaint little doorways with like pretty <laughs> Roman pillars yeah like it's almost like delicate and soft and I don't ever think about them being as tall as they need to be to let a creature a who's at least through. 10 feet tall. Oh, loyal. Walk through loyal. It. Yeah, exactly, because they're built for the Ogier. They're not built for humans. And I never mm-hmm. really thought about that or put that together until we talked about it and that set leak came out. And so... Road to it- Tarvalin, a cistern podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I used that actually as an example yesterday when I was trying to explain what our podcast is like <laughs> to someone who was asking about it. And I was like, well, we don't just talk about the series like somehow we've managed to talk for at least 10 to 20 minutes about how cisterns and cellars work that's fun i love being able to pull these things apart and find them and so looking more deeply at the ways was actually really fun the last episode that we released Mm -hmm. the gift was so surprisingly fun to record and i think part of it was because we had that set lake and my image in my head had started to kind of change so it feels it feels less inviting and more ominous in the way that we're being presented the ways in the show and in recognizing kind of just how large and intimidating they are it does have a bit of an intimidating presence Mm -hmm. though if it was just you know in some guy's cellar maybe it wouldn't be so (laughs) exciting to see yeah i I like how they've kind of placed it it kind of looks like maybe at the crest of a hill or right because i mean how dramatic would that be if they're traveling to whatever destination they need to get to and all of a sudden that big pillaresque almost i think you mm-hmm. used the word brutal to describe it when we were talking about it yeah, as far it as has, like architecture it feels style. like yeah it feels like brutalism mm-hmm. like the architecture where it's very blocky mm-hmm. and hard like hard mm-hmm. edges no soft rounded edges everything feels really pointy and sharp mm-hmm. yeah and that's not what i think of like that's never what i had thought of when i thought about the ways even even reading it and knowing that it was in a cellar somehow there were ivy vines climbing up around it or something i don't know like that's just what it was for me and so having this flip has been it's been really fun i i've enjoyed it 
Yeah, I think one of the things once you look at the poster for a minute that has come across to me is the idea of hope. There is a, mm -hmm. there's that lightness and dark in the poster mm -hmm. and it's like, which way is it going to go? But you have like yeah. this figure who has this presence, like she knows what she's doing. Follow her, you know? And I'm yeah. like, yes, I will follow you. I am down for this adventure. <laughs> I cannot fucking wait to watch every single episode. Yes, please. So for me, I think I liked the land teaser the most. You know what? That was my second one. Okay. Because, brain. oh my God. Okay. It's the only release that we've had where there's like major movement happening mm -hmm. and we get to see someone's athleticism. And I think character. And the Wheel of Time is chock full of all of these warriors and battles and like just him with the swish of the yep. sword and you're like okay 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 we're getting <sighs> that we're hopefully gonna have these epic battles in the show and they, they you know you can't just cast uncoordinated right. people like myself <laughs> no i'm pretty sure they were gonna ask me to come on as a blade master <laughs> I just didn't right. tell you about it. I'm sorry. I told them I was too busy with our podcast. There's no way I could make time for that. <laughs> so, I mean, just, yeah, just seeing, like, a couple moments of Daniel Henney, like, swinging a sword was so good. Okay, so the other thing is... He's nice to look at? Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I very seldom am that person who sees, like, an actor or an actress or, like, a moment on screen and go, whoa. But that short teaser, I was very much, whoa. He's hot. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, if I were naive, yes, yes. I would yes. want to climb all over that man, too. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Hi. I think that's what really, like, puts me at ease because mm -hmm. I think when it comes to casting, I usually don't have, like, a visual of, like, what the face looks like. Mm -hmm. And everyone that's been cast has been so beautiful mm -hmm. to look at mm -hmm. anyway. So mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, they're... As long as they're talented, who cares? But I think when it comes to these people, especially Lan, mm -hmm. when I see Daniel Henney, I'm like, he's an athlete. You get that feeling from watching this little teaser immediately. immediately. Even pictures, even still photos of him. You yeah. can tell he's an athletic dude. Yeah. Yeah. No and one so, ever says like, that about me when they see pictures from me. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> it gives me hope. Yeah. How are they going to be doing the casting for like characters like Farterize Mai or Brigida? <gasps> like if we have these Aiel women, the maidens, I'm not sure if a petite 100 pound dainty little actress mm -hmm. is going to convey this emotion of like being able to wipe the floor with anything that stands in front of there, in front of her, you know, like I, I need to believe they're warriors and that's what when i saw this clip i was like yes like yeah. yes yeah they're getting this right mm -hmm. and yeah. we talk about the expanse a lot i watched an interview with ty frank who wrote the expanse mm -hmm. and he also worked on set for the show like he helped produce the show and he said when they were trying to cast bobby draper who in the books is like the seven foot samoan woman who mm -hmm. can just beat the living breaks out of anything standing in front of her the casting company kept sending in these very petite beautiful little blonde actresses who could undoubtedly act but right he was like no 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 like this is not who bobby is mm -mm. and then they found frankie adams who is this samoan new zealand actress with a background in boxing i crush on and her then, so hard yeah, me too <laughs> 
But like that's like the casting where when you see Roberta Draper and mm-hmm. her like power armor, mm-hmm. I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. And when I saw Lan swinging mm-hmm. the sword, I was like, yes, they've done it. So that was the most exciting one for me. Yeah, I feel yeah. I like that ours matchup because that would have been easily my second one because holy moly. It's still my favorite one to go back and watch, by the way. That probably shouldn't be too surprising. But I'm definitely like a person who really appreciates a good fight scene. Like, I love well choreographed one on one battle. I don't care. I love how those things like roll through. Robert Jordan just does it so well. Oh, he does it so well. Too. So it's like, these are these characters that I think where I'm like, yes, like mm-hmm. this is going to be epic. Bring it. So ready. Last question. Last question. What are you expecting or hoping for the music and soundtrack? <sighs> okay. So. I hesitate to have the show with a soundtrack that comes close to something like either Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones. And while I really appreciate the soundtracks for both of those and the ambiance and everything that they give Mm -hmm. to the series, I almost wouldn't mind feeling something slightly more contemporary in the music. (gasps) Tracy! (laughs) We're having a twin brain moment. (laughs) Yeah. Did you... Did you ever watch Westworld? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you remember in season two where there is this moment? Okay. Is it the Geisha like like... moment? Yes. Yes, Tracy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Are you sure you don't live in my head? Are you sure? Because sometimes I really feel like you do. <laughs> so it's in season two. If you want to look it up on YouTube, mm-hmm. I think it's... Um, if you look up Westwood Dance World. Samurai World, yeah. you'll find it. Yeah. In this in this episode, there is a woman in full geisha makeup doing this traditional dance on stage mm-hmm. while there are traditional Japanese instruments playing in the background. Mm-hmm. And this woman is so beautiful and just this amazing dancer. And then you start listening to the beat of these <laughs> Japanese instruments playing. Mm-hmm. And for a moment, it's kind of like, wait. I know what that song is and it doesn't it doesn't become apparent because they kind of tease you with it Mm -hmm. and as you're listening you're like oh my god oh my god that's Wu-Tang Clan cream (laughs) and if you listen to the song like okay what year is this in Mm -hmm, is this mm -hmm. the future is this the past and I think with Wheel of Time, that's what Mm -hmm. separates it from a lot of other fantasy because it's essentially the future kind of masquerading as the past. Exactly. And if you kind of did something like that, it could be very, very cool. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. if it's done badly, it's going to be bad. It would be very, very cheesy. Very bad. I know Bridgerton, Mm -hmm. Bridgerton was, I think, the most recent phenomenon that kind of did something similar Mm -hmm. and it worked for that series Mm -hmm. i was trying to think i know there's another series out there that i've watched recently that does that kind of contemporary flip but like one of the things that i was actually thinking a lot about is marie antoinette the movie uh directed by sophia coppola i believe Um, but like there's this one there's a lot of modern music that's kind of redone to the style of the time period but there's also this moment where like she's hanging out with like her girlfriends and of course because she's the queen everything gets brought to her and they have like Mm -hmm. just piles of these ridiculous sweet treats and fabrics and shoes and in the background just playing i want candy and it's so good like 
it somehow works because mm-hmm. there's still just these young women who are having a fantastic time. And even though it's all 18th century garb, 18th century surroundings, the song fits perfectly and i love it so i would i would actually really love to see something that makes it stand out that you feel the music Mm -hmm. for that it's not what you're expecting i want to feel a little discombobulated and confused about what the heck is going on so i keep watching yeah i want to be surprised and so i think that that would be really fun if they like just pull up something that just doesn't feel like what's been done with every and when they when they released like that little trailer moment of like the wheel of time on prime whatever it was with like just the wheel of time and the circle but or the serpent eating its own tail Mm -hmm. the logo yeah the thing that bothered me about that was the music like the music the style of it just felt like someone was like what kind of tones and type did games of game of thrones do and can we use that too like that's how it felt to me and i was a little disappointed truth be told so i really like i kind of fully expect them to take the traditional Mm-hmm. You know, like epic fantasy cinematic yeah. movie music format. And I will be disappointed, but I really kind of wish that they would do like something fun, something unexpected. I agree. I think that would be really unexpected. And if it was done well, I think people would really love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then there's always like, if it came off badly, right. then it would be very cheesy. <laughs> so it's like. <laughs> Like if I were in if I were in the screenwriters, producers, whatever's role, mm-hmm. I think I would have a hard time straying towards a more contemporary sound because I would want because it feels to... safe. Well, exactly, it feels safe. It feels, yeah. safe. it feels familiar. It feels like a place where people are going to be comfortable and kind of sink into. And let's be honest, there is a huge hole out there of Game of Thrones fans who are still mad about how it ended. I am one of them. And they want a series. So if there is a way that Wheel of Time can somehow almost camouflage Mm -hmm. themselves as like another fantasy series that has like something in common with the one that has like millions and millions and millions of fans. Not to say that Wheel of Time doesn't. I'm just saying like if they can make like this transition, I'm all for it. But I personally, I would love to see just a wide range of music kind of like pulled into this and make it as epic and varied as the series is. That's what I would want. Concur. I concur. Shall we move on? Oh, shall we? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This one's for you, Santi. This one's for you, Santi. Talking about how we can't talk. Have you not heard how well we've been talking tonight? (laughs) Come on. Not even edited. Brilliant. This, oh gosh. This is why Santi listens to us. I sometimes wonder if this is why. Where do I begin? Where do I begin with this? So, I mean, obviously, the Wheel of Time has some notoriously difficult pronunciations, and sometimes it's just hard to get the right words out in general Mm -hmm. when you are talking for two hours and recording yourself. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. when you combine the fact that Tracy Tracy and I are in totally different time zones, and Mm -hmm. sometimes it's very early mornings for her or late nights for me, we have some pretty epic blunders. And time zones are tricky. We do have like it's it does really amaze me that we get so much done considering what our time gap is between each other. Like there's a, I'm looking at your screen right now. It is totally dark behind you. You've even turned off the mm-hmm. light for your fishes. It's bedtime for oh. them too. <laughs> 
they've gone to sleep. So <laughs> like, why are you awake? Go to For bed. the last couple weeks, we have been combing through old episodes, mostly Tracy, and picking out some of our favorite mispronunciations. And we are going to go ahead and play that clip for you if you guys would like to hear Tracy and I not being able to talk. They haven't had enough of it yet. <laughs> Beth Mail. So Tom the Mar- like Tom the Maryland. I was also worried about Mazarin Time or Taim. What's the name of the female Aes Sedai? Latra, I think. She's like swinging her staff around. But what happens before that is like, is it the Conjurers or the Congers or the Coplands? Uh huh. They're starting some shit. Sherium or is it Shirium? And of course, they're all three Taverian Tav. Taviran, Taviran. They're all three Taviran. Huh, okay. And there'd be like circular, circular, circular. Tamal Thor, the Luhan, the Luhans, <laughs> and the other, <laughs> I can speak. Bonewin, Bonwin. Oh, yeah. Yep. Miragidin. Mm-hmm. Mir- uh, <laughs> sure. Um, For the professor, where is my brain today? <laughs> Yeah, And like every good fairy tale, there are places named after her legacy and her beauty. And the one that I find the most tragic is the waterfall called Eldrine's Veil. Mm. And when you think of it, it's like a widow like covering their face with a veil after the death of her husband. Mm-hmm. And this water fail, water, water fail. <laughs> 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 this waterfall veils the mountains yeah. <laughs> near <laughs> Nearly 500 feet. I don't know why that's so funny, but it, it just went, is. It went from me being like, can someone pass me the tissues to like uncontrollably laughing. Inappropriate. Inappropriate. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> that feels empower- empowering. <laughs> that's actually kind of hard to say. But I, I feel as though like ser- <laughs> serene. <laughs> Is that their couple names? <laughs> That's it. I'm taking away the sparkling cider. <laughs> <sighs> that was painful. I had a, I, I muted myself. I gave up. <laughs> we well, made so Santi. many mistakes. Yeah, so Santi, many. that was for you. That was for that you. Was just for you. Right? And I mean, seriously, that was like just a fraction of so many of the things. Like there were so many moments where like Amber and I talked about this because we've both been going through our episodes. And I think you said that you had been listening to yours at like two times speed. And I've been listening to mine at like 1.5. And I have not been sleeping well. So I've been listening to our episodes in bed. And I have been having problems not laughing out loud, my poor husband. It's just been so fun to go through them and be like, man, I'm glad we can laugh at ourselves because <laughs> that shit is rough. And we even leave it's it rough. in our episodes so you guys can hear it. We could cut that shit out. But no, we don't. We don't take ourselves that seriously. No, because it's funny. I mean, it's just funny. I think it's funny and also relatable. I mean, how often yeah. have you talked to somebody about this series and it's always like, whoever, how do you pronounce yeah. that? Yeah, whoever reads it, I feel like has kind of their own exactly. version of how it feels. So, And I love that because one of the things that I was kind of thinking about 
I love how mm-hmm. in the Wheel of Time there are accents or yeah. like specific intonations are described a little bit differently. Like um, the son, the son, Shantan. There we go. That yeah. See, yeah. listen to how well I can speak. The Shantan like have this slurred way of speaking, and so you kind so of so what like, you're saying about... is we're we're Shantan. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that helps explain the fact that I can barely speak, then yeah, I'm just Sean Chad and not incapable of speaking. Yes, works for me. (laughs) (laughs) I love having a good explanation. But it makes me think of like accents in different areas. Yeah. I mean, in the United States, you can travel from one side to the other and you're going to get different accents, different intonations, different pieces of slang. You shared that thing the other day on our Discord channel that was like the top Mm -hmm. slang German words. And so I love that everyone has a different way of pronouncing it, just like there are different dialects, there are different accents. So I like hearing how people pronounce it. I want to know if you do it different than I do because... I have no idea what I'm doing. I feel like I feel like so often I'll listen to other people's podcasts and then I will hear like I know Zoe from Leaves of the Wheel. She always says a jaw. And now after hearing it, I hear it in my head. Mm-hmm. And it's just really cute because it, depending on where you're at in the world mm-hmm. or how you recognize it mm-hmm. in your head when you read it, I think everybody has a different pronunciation. Mm-hmm. More or less. Yeah. More or less. And I love that. I love that. I don't mind our mistakes, and I don't mind sharing them, and I hope everybody had fun. Because it was <laughs> I hope hilarious everyone had fun laughing to me. At us. Yeah, I love when you're like, "I'm taking the sparkling wine away from you." I have only <laughs> had a handful of moments like that, though. So, in a year, me getting recorded tainty, thank you, Rob, has only happened a handful of times. So, I feel like that's okay. Chin chin. Chin chin. That's what my French professor says too. I love that. Should we go through some of these QA questions before it gets too late? Yes, please, because I'm really excited about these. Okay. First one was from Joe from Talk Around Riyadh. You guys from Talk Around Riyadh, I am just, I I, I look from afar and (laughs) I really love you guys. So I just want to put that out there. What is the most surprising thing that you've learned starting the podcast? Well, one, we can't speak, so just get that out of the way. All that money I spent on my degree was fucking worthless. I'm going to throw my A for my debate class back into my professor's face and be like, you were wrong. (laughs) The world has said so. I think for me, no matter how much you research a topic, no matter how much you love a topic, Mm -hmm. it doesn't... It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had episodes where it was like, okay, we're going to do this. And as I'm looking into these like deep dive topics, some episodes have like strangely become my favorite yes. where I was like, I had no real interest in doing this topic, but mm-hmm. it, I felt like I needed to. Yep. Yeah. And then as you're combing through everything, you're like, ooh, like this is interesting. And then it, and it becomes like a favorite yes. out of nowhere. Yeah. So that was, I think, the most surprising. Mm hmm. Also, what resonates with people, like I'll have an episode that I really love Mm -hmm. and maybe it won't do as well as Mm -hmm. like another one where it was just like, oh, I sometimes have like a mental uh, tantrum when that happens. (laughs) Like there's this little tiny toddler Tracy inside my head that like stomps her foot and is like, but I liked that one. I thought that one was really good. Why don't you like it as much as I do? But at the same time, (laughs) like it's it's it is good to get that kind of feedback and to know that, you know. We like different things, and that's okay. The next question is from 
Peter Dactalia from Discord. And he says, imagine Pod and Fane fighting against a golem who would win. I have a really good answer. I have a really good answer. Tell me. Neither. Ooh. Fane absorbs the golem because Fane is always more something else than himself. So, like, when we first meet Fane, he's introduced as more raven than man. And then he takes on... But I feel like they're they're both soulless, though. Doesn't matter. So can, like... Okay. Like, especially because once, like, Fane becomes... Okay, so to me... Sorry, I feel like I just kind of, like, was like, no, you're wrong. Sorry. (laughs) No, tell me. I want to know. I'm interested. I'm interested. when Fane takes on the more death aspect of who he is, he goes through a physical change as well. And then at the Mm -hmm. last battle, he's basically just like a fog and so i feel as though if you are the kind of constantly morphing creature that fane is you can absorb anything because the golem can't be destroyed you have Mm -hmm. to like cut it up in pieces and bury it in like various places or like dump it into the ocean or whatnot it can't be killed but it's Mm -hmm. stretchy and expandable and so wouldn't it be really easy for fane as fane to just kind of like scoop up this evil i think i've used the words scoop up three times today and i never <laughs> say that it's so weird however what i'm thinking is he snakes is and foxes says snakes and foxes says more death like <laughs> give me more death yeah uh, shelby says so he only takes in that which makes him stronger right Fane sounds like a poser <laughs> And then Sticks and Foxes said the golem is silly putty. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, that's kind of why I'm thinking that he well, that's, could be, ex- it, like, absorbed. I think that's the word that I'm looking for. Traditionally, Snakes and Foxes, what the golem is, like, he was made out of clay. Like, he, yeah, he kind of is silly putty. More Death has that moment. This is one of my favorite episodes with us, actually. And maybe it's because we gave it the title that More Death has figure skating vibes. But it's that, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's that moment when... What is the what is the name of what goes through Shadar Lagoth? Is there a name for that entity? Mashadar? Is that what it is? Okay, I think you're right. I always get it confused with Machin Shin. Mashadar has the ability to convert itself into something that looks like a human being, but also stretch and expand to fill an entire room and contract to fit into a tiny crack between the bricks and the wall. So yeah. I feel as though they're basically the same thing, but not. And it's evil, so it would be really easy for Faye to just like absorb that evil. That's my take theory. it in. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. <laughs> I think I feel like since they're okay, Fane has been distilled. He's essentially soulless mm-hmm. at this point, and oof, mm-hmm. this is rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the but the golem also I don't think has a soul, and that's why it's so hard to kill because mm-hmm. it's just flesh. It's just pieces of clay, like. Yeah, but Fane Snakes doesn't and kill. Said. Fane absorbs. Right, but there, I don't think there's anything to absorb internally except what's externally. Like, it's just a body. Yeah, but what? not so anything inside. So my thought inside. is more like when Fane morphs to that final siasma, something like that, like in the last battle, there's that moment where he's just like a mist himself yeah yeah and so this is this is just what almost, this is what zool said in chat white glowing mist which eats and absorbs yep. both physical bodies and soul fane has two souls really that become one mm-hmm. okay i like that 
it just kind of makes sense to me. The yeah. person who is Fane, who then, I mean, that is the first way he's described. More yeah. raven than man. So he's always more something than something else. And it he's just makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe not in the best way. But... <laughs> bad, bad, bad sponge. <laughs> no souls for you. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that was actually, that was actually like my thought after I read that. I was like, oh no, neither, neither, neither one's on that one. Fane just absorbs, and they keep rolling on in a new version of something really evil and terrible. <laughs> okay, should we go to the next one? Yes. If you could do a cameo on the Wheel of Time TV show, which minor character would you play? I don't have a precise definition for my, <laughs> definition for minor character, but we definitely know who the main characters are. Mm-hmm. I have an answer. Do you have. Of course. Okay. At Guitar Moroso. Ooh, yes. Okay. That yeah. was good. Yeah. Because, I mean, she is a very minor character. She would only yeah. show up momentarily and be gone. You don't even need to show the body. It's just exactly. the voice. Like, mm-hmm. just the prophecy. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like that. Right? She is one of my favorite minor characters. Like, she's up there in my top three. Guitar is so great. Yeah, I love New Spring. Okay. My minor favorite character mm-hmm. is, hands down, Seven Bulwer. So mm-hmm. unless we're talking about a gender-swapped character, that probably wouldn't work. You can gender-swap Seven Baller, don't you think? Um, I don't know. I, mean, I feel like just his... Not. I just feel like him being a man would be easier for him to navigate, like, taverns, and he has his ear to the pulse of whatever's going around. Right. So maybe it would be easier for him to kind of, like, slink about and gather his information that way. No, I agree with you. Yeah. I'm not necessarily... I mean, I don't think I would be a good actress. <laughs> so, like, just give me, like, an on-screen death, you know? Like, just... <laughs> Back, background character number 27 that gets killed in the Battle of Emmonsfield swinging up. I, I would like to swing a pan for one. Like, I want to be one of the <laughs> big league pan swingers. I just love that you're like, I just want to be an extra. I just want to be yeah. an extra with a really heavy piece of cookery. Yes, background character. Or if I like actually had to try out for a part, they would probably be like, no, you're terrible. You can't remember your lines. So then I would ask, okay, just make a cast of my head and then I don't have to act. And then you can put like my wax head in a trolley cook pot. And then I could have like an on screen death of just like a body part, a head in a cook pot. And then I wouldn't even have to do anything. It would just be my face. Like, floating around are you okay <laughs> tracy has gone completely silent i mean seriously who thinks that up i love you so much <laughs> just take my face please just take my face and put it in a trollic cook pot it's all my dreams come true in one scene <laughs> snakes and foxes said hinder staff resident or citizen and Zool said there Zool said one. there's an eye said eye who gets ripped apart in the fog when Rand gets cut by Fane. Ooh. Yeah, that would, that would be great. But I, I just don't know how good, like, my on-screen death acting would be. Like, I'm pretty clumsy. Do we I need to audition? Just... This is actually going to yeah. be the first YouTube video we make as Amber's <laughs> would-be audition. <laughs> we'll, like, this include, like, the clack. <laughs> Test number clack. one. Clack. <laughs> I'm in. Let's do that. <laughs> Shelby said she just wants to be some random worker in the menagerie. Ooh, that would be really fun. That would be really fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, except for like the large 
animal poop. I don't know if I'd be down for that part. Yeah, and I I mean, I don't know like how I feel about spandex and Right? I mean Elaine's all for it. Brigitte's all for it. Heck yeah, she is. Love her. <laughs> Shelby said pooper scooper number three. <laughs> answer i've ever heard uh, i'd love to see that in a line of credits yes. amber mm. cooper scooper number three hello that be me okay what's the next one santi how did you start with the podcast that's pretty easy yeah we were just like should we do that <laughs> okay let's do that that was kind of how it went. It was like, should we do it? And mm-hmm. then I bought a microphone and we were like, okay, next weekend. The moment you sent me a list of could be, would be titles, I was like, Amber really wants to do this. And it just, it was such a delightful realization because, I mean. <sighs> Tracy has had experience in podcasting. I have not. And if you listen to early episodes, you can tell. <laughs> We've gotten a lot better. You just kept coming back. The consistency, the presence yeah. that you give to this, it's not, I mean, really, statistically speaking, podcasts, like if you can get past 10 episodes, you're doing good. And so I feel as though like a full year, and I don't even mean like we've recorded for a full year, we've only done like a few weeks here, taken a long break, and then and nothing against anybody who does that. I'm just saying, we've done this every weekend, every week for a year and I love it and I have so much fun doing it and it's incredible to think of how how I felt in the beginning like mm-hmm. hearing my own voice mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> it's like so cringy it's so it cringy. Is. yeah it terrorizes me I think about it I'm like that first episode I want to be like no one listen to that right, ever stop it but I don't have the heart to like be like we're taking it down yeah no i think there's there's growing pains no matter what new thing you want to try to do and tracy and i were on opposite sides of the world (laughs) and we've somehow managed to make it happen Mm -hmm. we've taken two weeks off in a year and Mm -hmm. i don't know we just we just did it and i think it it comes down to just being like having a friendship for a long time Mm -hmm. before we even decide to do this so yeah and both of us choosing to be committed to the project. Yeah. When you do a podcast, it takes a lot of work. Like, it's not just the recording. We do a lot of research before we do anything. One, because we both really like that aspect of it. Yeah. So it's really fun. We're very well matched in that regard. But doing a podcast right is difficult. And it can take time to get it started up. And I sometimes feel like ours was just kind of like... Because we approached it as an idea of fun, it w- it made it really easy to kind of step in it and be like, yeah, if like 10 people listen, cool. And then like our first morning after our posting, I think we had hit like close to 50 listens by the time I woke up and you would like text me and screenshots and everything. And it was just very exciting. So we just kept going from there and learning from the people around us and being inspired by what we wanted to do. It's really crazy and mind-boggling to think of like all of these people that we've met like everyone has been genuinely like wonderful agreed it's so weird to Mm -hmm. experience that like in normal everyday life like everybody has a job that they go to and where they meet someone they're like "Eh, yeah they're okay but honestly everyone that we've come in contact with in the wheel of time fandom has just been fucking awesome so it's been delightful it's been touching yeah i think like early back to like joe's question I don't know if I ever answered that because he said, like, what was the most surprising thing mm-hmm. you learned starting from the podcast? For me, it was that people wanted to listen. 
Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of comes back to this as well. Is like, how do you start? You kind of start by overcoming your own shyness, your own insecurities, yeah, yeah. and like embrace the parts of you that are really kind of just fun to express and share. And that's been, I don't know, it's been really fun. I'm going to move on Please to do. one of Snakes and Foxes' mm-hmm. questions. And he asked on Discord who our favorite <laughs> guest is. And instead of answering that question, <laughs> we are you. going to give you a very I-sed-I <laughs> non-answer. And we actually just prepared a clip. Mm-hmm. So let's listen to some of our favorite guest moments. Before we get started, we would like to offer water and shade to our guest all the way from the Iowa Waste. Call me Nakomi. Yay. <laughs> Hi, guys. How you doing? Hi. What would happen to the pattern if they just like threw themselves off a cliff and was like, I'm not dealing with it. See ya. Exactly. Like, then what happens? What a very large eagle would basically fly in right <laughs> under them and catch them as they, and then the, the prayer's like, crane. God damn it. <laughs> so like Tracy and Amber said, we are the Black Power Podcast. And he shows up in Camelin and goes, hey, we're going to fuck your shit up. And almost all of his friends get murdered immediately by lightning. Hey, buddies. We just got bombed. Oh, yeah. What are you doing? He's like, I'm enjoying some crumb punch and like Skype on the yell. So getting tainty. Who knew that the road to Tarvalon had such a glorious set of stairs? Done. Sold. Here. Committed. Fully. I'm here for this energy. Background oh. or something. And we have, yes. guys, we have the perfect model for this. Thing. Just go put Narg on a raft. Uh, yeah. yeah, Rob. Narg on a raft. Narg smart. <laughs> no, oh, Narg on a raft. Oh, I love that. The women of Emmons Field have more spine than any white cloak. Fuck yeah, they do. Boom. Talking to you, Dane Bornhold. And then you've got Kuladin and his band mm-hmm. of fuckwits. So, in case you guys weren't aware, in the south, this is a very common occurrence, especially up in the uh, in the mountains yeah. area. So, come on, I'm cooking your fucking dinner. You know, <laughs> just because you brought the meat back from some peasants doesn't mean you can't talk to me like a human. Oh, eyeball! There is this whole section of just paper. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Spent talking about how good Rodel Iteralde is mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. he walks into a room where half of the people hate each other and the oh, other yeah. half of the people hate each other worse. Mm-hmm. And like the half Shonchan. of these people hate him. Yeah. And he's just like, okay, guys, I have this plan. This is what's going to happen. Join me if you don't have yellow blood. And everybody's yeah. just like sitting there for a second. And one of them goes, guys, the wolf has a plan. But mm-hmm. the wolf has a plan. Oh, that was so good to hear everybody from all of the all of the collabs uh, that we've done. Mm-hmm. Call me Nakomi, Malhir Talks, mm-hmm. the Black Tower Podcast. And it's, we've had a really good time being guests on other people's shows as well, which has been a little mind-blowing to be invited to do something like that. But it's Water and Shade, The Wheel Reads. Oh my gosh, Water Wheel. and Shade was so much fun. No disrespect to anybody else, but like getting to like kind of vibe with them was like, wow, heck yeah. It felt good. It was just fun. That's what it's been so easy to do is to just find like connections over humor and taking things like in an intellectual but lighthearted and fun direction. 
this is the highlight of my week every week is recording this and putting this all together and agreed agreed Mm -hmm. should we finish up this last round of a couple questions yeah 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 okay so i'm gonna skip to snakes and foxes last question the hardest part of the podcast (laughs) for me that's easy time zones yeah and time management on my end it's really hard like i have about a gajillion distractions just like everybody does we were trying to do a sound check earlier and i don't know how many times i was like are there I love you. Please turn something down. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I have dogs. I have a kid. I have a husband. Everything. I feel like I'm in a constant whirlwind. And so you working with me while I figure that out has been highly appreciated. I'm just appreciative of you, like, waking up early in the morning (laughs) to record because, God... I'm more of a morning person. Mm-hmm. Like it's 1:14 a.m. in Germany, and I'm never up this late. Yeah. But somehow we make it work. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's very early mornings for Tracy, really late nights for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and we've been able to somehow manage it. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just cool. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I'm moving to Shelby's question, mm-hmm. and it's the last question, mm-hmm. and it's. What made Swan choose Leanne or Liane or however you would like however to pronounce you that? Say it. Did something happen that made Swan trust her? Did she fully trust her? I think this is such a good question. I like that this is the only like question we've gotten about book stuff yeah. except for the Golem versus Bond mm-hmm. Fane. Yeah, because for me, like I I started thinking back to um, New Spring. I know, I know. It was really <laughs> weird that that was the first book that like jumped to mind. But, (laughs) like, chronologically, that's the first time Leanne comes into the stories, and we find out that Leanne, Moraine, and Swan had all been friends as they were accepted. Leanne was just a bit ahead of them, and she was present at their raising. In fact, she was one of the ones to place the blue shawl around either Swan or Moraine. I don't really remember which one it was. And, I mean, the other thing to think about, too, is that Swan wanted to include Shiriam in their group of people who knew about the Black Aja and the Dragon Reborn situation. And Maureen was like, nope, that's you and me. That's where that Mm -hmm. stays. So Shiriam's a gossip. Exactly. Yeah. And so I have to think because of what Swan knows that Mm -hmm. no. She did not trust Leanne fully, and she would have been smart not to trust anyone except possibly Moraine. And even Mm -hmm. then, it's still questionable because that's what Robert Jordan gives us through the series, is all of these opportunities for someone who we may have trusted to to suddenly become someone that we are suspicious of or have been completely flipped towards how we feel about them. You had said something, Tracy, recently about how smart Leanne was mm -hmm. because she kept that eyes and ear network Mm -hmm. inside Inside Taravalin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where all of the rest were kind of like outsourcing, mm-hmm. kind of going out into the world. But Leanne was like, we're going to keep this local and see what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Swan kind of having this like street smarts that mm-hmm. she does mm-hmm. would probably see that about Leanne mm-hmm. and really respect that. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're they're both blues. So I feel like 
they had been friends as accepted. Mm-hmm. Leanne gets raised first, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then they resume this friendship after Moraine and Swan are raised. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like she really did have a huge level of trust there yes. with Leanne. Yes. It's probably only a coincidence that the, just this one time Mm -hmm. someone chose a keeper that was not black aja (laughs) because (laughs) it happens so repeatedly yeah we've seen it over and over again either the keeper the um mistress of novices or both sometimes has happened as well so it's very ooh. there's such a zool brought up a good point she said maybe leanne stayed in the tower like swan did Maybe oh, because blues are so kind of like out there in the world, like I'm going to go find mm-hmm. my cause. Yeah. Maybe Moraine left and Swan was like, okay, this is someone who is here with me, Blue Aja. That's a very good an point. ears network. Like we are connected in that. She had somebody who was committed to where they were, who wasn't gonna yeah. go off and find their cause and fight for it and be gone away from the tower. Like as far as Leanne goes, I think Swan trusted her. I do not think that she trusted her to the point that she trusted Moraine. I think they were really good as Amarillo. I think they were on the same level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I kind like of on the same level. I like Leanne's description as being like brisk and to the point and like everything about mm-hmm. her is just kind of like really efficient. And then how she becomes kind of sex kitteny. Like after well, she she's becomes, like, I'm yeah, I'm going back to my Damani. She's like, roots. I'm gonna use the skills I know. Yeah. And I mean, good for her. Use the Even skills Gareth- you have. I remember Gareth Brynn being like, mm-hmm. your practices are out of... Right? Um, like she was rusty. <laughs> yeah, like you're rusty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So flattering. Oh, I love her. And the actress that plays her is... She's a badass. She's cool. I don't know who it is. She's cool. So I was going to say, we're we're heading up to yeah, the two-hour yeah, mark. Yeah, yeah. We have some really... like. A nice little outro for everyone and then i think maybe if you want to move to the general chat like i'll probably be up for like another 30 minutes or something Mm -hmm. we can move to the general chat if you want to like talk and hang out for a bit and i'm going to play us out some (laughs) of tracy and i's like favorite moments that we've had throughout i guess our first year yeah yeah. And what a year it was. What a year it was. <laughs> wow. Okay, cool. So I'm going to play that now. Lan immediately is recognized. You can't walk into any borderland city with your face covered up. Lan, Lan, will the golden crane fly again? <laughs> Daishan, Lan, will the golden crane fly? <laughs> Did you like that narration? I loved it! At key moments in the series, they are descendants of people who are legendary as the thorn in the Dark One's side, Dark One's foot, in his hand, I don't know. <laughs> Anywhere that the Dark One potentially has a tender spot. Fane is talking about there's wolves attacking and so and so and this and that and Sen Bui is like, well, what could be worse than wolves? Mm-hmm. And you're like, uh, war? <laughs> um, I, I don't know, the end Famine, of the world. plague. <laughs> yeah. right? I, I don't know. A poisoned then, water system out of nowhere. We could think of lots of things. Somebody Sunbury. poisoned the water in <laughs> We find out <laughs> that it is the Captain Bale Doman. I, I was so excited to get here. And he's yelling at Gelb and he's like, gosh, dang it, Gelb, you were sleeping on the job. And Gelb is all like, this Rand guy is in league with the Trollocs. And Bale is like, more in league with my aged grandmother. grandmother. <laughs> 
and I die. I was deceased, <laughs> and now I'm back. And now you're a talking corpse. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can think of when I hear those names. Dueling banjos and dueling idiots. Okay. Faldara. Fuck yes. The second one was loyal. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Glory to the builders. <laughs> it was so good. And like, you, like, you, oh, loyal. I got a little bit emotional here. But we are alive at the okay, moment. Okay, Captain Obvious. We'll, we'll <laughs> add that to Land's list of titles. <laughs> Manhandle Landrigoran, uh, Captain Obvious. A main character is fighting with the Dark One and... The dark one is showing him sandwiches. Is this too much of a spoiler? My mother was a trollic with the face of a pig, and my father was a. I I'm never gonna... met my father. He went off to war and got yeah. killed by a farmer. I miss Nog. Poor Moraine. She has been dragged around by this Taviran pole, and mm -hmm. she just couldn't do anything about it. This like, poor woman. I give up. <laughs> Maybe that's why yeah. she tackled Lanfear through the portal. She's like, I'm out. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Moraine does her best. She kind of flits from each one in the group and tells them that they're safe in her presence and kind of has this nice little calming effect on everyone. She's, she's actually just walking around with a vial of peppermint and lavender oil and <laughs> essential oils. Essential oil. Temples. Her staff is like a vaporizer. <laughs> I saw her mother and it was like her beauty had matured and ripened. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, do you have to use that wording? <laughs> ripened. Ripened? For real? I am not an avocado. <laughs> <laughs> Ripened no. just makes me think of something that's on the verge of then rotting. Spoiling. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, cool. So I've hit my peak in three days. I will be dead. Awesome. Welcome to the road to Tarvalin, a cistern podcast. <laughs> for all your needs on cisterns. Cisterns are met. Yeah. Bricks and <laughs> architecture. Feels like, did you think we were just floating here stationary this whole time, you moron? Like, what? we are all the way down the river. What do you want me to do? Reverse so reverse the current. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. What am I, God? What am I, the creator? <laughs> they know what a trollic looks like in the borderlands, Fuck okay? yeah, they do. There is no mistake to they be made. They decorate their parties with trollic heads, remember? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, it's hey, like, honey. oh, we're having a Beltine celebration. Right. Let's hang a couple trollic heads out on the fence post <laughs> so everyone knows where the party's at. It's Kathy's 16th birthday. <laughs> How many it's, trollic it's, heads should we have? 16, clearly. <laughs> the insanity in me recognizes the insanity in you. <laughs> and Lan is so upset about this, he crushes his silver goblet. The waitress just like brings him a new one. Is this. <laughs> She's this is like typical land. This must happen all the time. <laughs> They're giving him tin cups now because it's just like, oh god, another one crushed again. Fucking land. They stopped giving him glass ages ago when he kept like <laughs> shredding his hands. No crystal goblets for you. Uh, you guys. <laughs> we've made it. We've made it through. <laughs> I am not an avocado. <laughs> Tracy. Yes, darling. <laughs> Would you like to move to the general chat? Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, unplug from voice okay, chat, I'm gonna... right?
Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content, correct us, send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.